0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escro. And we're broadcasting from Holy Cross Parish in Ipswich, South Dakota. And we're so grateful to continue to proclaim the goodness of our Catholic faith and the glory of God in a world in need of God's mercy, truth, and love. And of course, here on Real Presence Live, we're always acknowledging the goodness and beauty of God's creation and the way the Lord is encouraging us to share the good news, to evangelize, to be those who would make disciples of all nations and leading them to the goodness of Jesus. I'm a Father Tim Smith. I'm a pastor of Holy Cross Church. And with me this morning, Thomas Escrow, And Thomas is the director of evangelization and discipleship. And of course, you know, Thomas, the work you do. Is sharing people in the, the faith with them and helping them be formed. You know, helping lead them to, uh, as you mentioned in our last segment, answering those unasked questions. Uh, yep. Great uh, uh, priest in in the twentieth century, Monsignor Luigi Giasani, uh, is that that there's nothing um, as as powerful as answering an unasked question. You know, mm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and and. Uh, and really just leading people to know the truth of the faith. And someone who works with you in the Vineyard in the Diocese of Rapid City at Blessed Sacrament Parish is Jillian Kubik. And Jillian, you're online with us this morning on Real Presence Live. Jillian, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. It's really good to be here.
1: And, you know, uh, Thomas is is doing similar work that you do here in the yeah. eastern half of our listening area. You know, we're talking about the importance of being formed in our faith and that we're lifelong learners. We're always uh, being formed as disciples of Jesus. You know, thank you for being on today, and and tell us about yourself. How you became involved in this work of evangelization?
2: Sure, I'd love to. So, I grew up in Dickinson, North Dakota. I went to Catholic school my my whole life. I uh, wanted to go to med school for pretty much most of my life. I was really interested in. Uh, studying the brain. And so I kind of focused on that in school and then my junior year of high school. The chaplain of my high school at the time was Father Thomas Grassgard and he gave me the code of canon law for Christmas. And I What a Christmas uh, the Lord gift. Just... <laughs> yes. And so the Lord just totally um ravished my heart with uh with the code. I just fell in love even more with the church. Uh, I think I I had a love for science because I saw that uh faith and reason uh do not contradict one another and so i yeah. i had a foundation of faith but i i really just grew in my love for the church uh, through that gift and so i i told him I said i want to go to a catholic university i want to I really desire to continue studying my faith, and so he made a call to the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. It's a private Catholic liberal arts university, and I studied there. Uh, It was the most wonderful three years of my life, uh, and uh, it just really grew in, in, in my faith and with fellowship with other Catholics, and you know, the Lord, I I didn't really know what He wanted me to do. Uh, I had a desire to be a canon lawyer. I just desired to work for Him. Uh, And uh, through kind of, you know, lots of turns of events and through the will of the Lord, I uh, found a job here in Rapid City, South Dakota. And my husband and I moved up here, and I've been working for Blessed Sacrament for a little over a year and a half as the, yeah, as you said, the Assistant Director of Evangelization and Catechesis.
1: Wonderful. You know, your experience, Jillian, and, uh, you know, often we hear canon law talked about. Sometimes we'll have a canon no- lawyer on air on Real Presence sure. Live. Um, I've heard it described as, you know, the church's canon law or ecclesiastical law is like mm-hmm. the the plumbing and the electricity in a building. <laughs> so we often think of the church as uh, this great foundation. We celebrated, uh, you know, we even celebrate the uh, establishment of churches you know throughout Christian history, yesterday we celebrated the establish- establishment of the the Church of St John Lateran, but we think about the church itself. Um, needing, you know, like plumbing and electricity, you know, and canon law helps direct and guide the church's activity, um, how it governs, how it, 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 all the organizations that are into it. How did you move from that into the work of evangelization that you do today? Because that's very technical work. Um, you, you had a love for science and, and technical language that's used in canon law. And now um, that has to have informed your desire to pass on the faith to other people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, a great question. I think my first answer when people ask me that is usually just, you know, by the will of the Lord, uh, because I don't understand all of it, but, you know, I think, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to work, uh, in the Diocese of Bismarck in the tribunal with and Bowman for a summer. And I, uh, just, yeah, felt even more in love with the code and, and, as you said, sort of the the electricity, the plumbing of the Church, I just understood more intricately what it takes and how much the Holy Spirit is present uh, and and how much uh, the laity is important in the Church to kind of continue building up the Church. And uh, so I just, you know, told the Lord, I said, I am I'm willing to serve in whatever way that you want. I would love to continue going to school uh, if that's if that's not your desire, then uh, I'll serve you in whatever way uh, that you would like. And so my last year uh, at UD, I, I had been taking a few classes that were kind of the closest that I could to canon Law to prep me if I was going to continue to go to school. And a parish down there, uh, Prince of Peace in Plano, Texas, uh, had, in, had a, an internship available and they were looking for a student at UD, and, you know, all the students kind of get emails about what, what's available in the area, and I emailed them and said, hey, I, you know, I'd love to maybe get another, you know, an opportunity to just broaden my my experience uh, with different work. I, I've been involved in, in ministry for a long time, but uh, kind of doing the background work, and so I got experience there, and desired to, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe take on that sort of position. And so I just gave it to the Lord. I said, whatever you want, I will do, open whatever doors you would like. And, uh, this is what, uh, he, he opened up for me. Uh, so it was really beautiful to be able to kind of see different facets of the church and to be able to now use what I know is is kind of, as you said, the plumbing of the church to kind of hand on the faith to others and make sure that that is done in accordance with tradition and uh, in the right uh, kind of vision so that uh, the Lord's will uh, might still be done.
3: Wow, what a beautiful witness of someone who's just open to the will of God. You know, whatever whatever you want, Lord, is your prayer as you're discerning through where to take your career and where the Lord is calling you. And that's that's just a question, I think, that all the faithful— uh, need to continually ask, what is your will, Father? Mm-hmm. And trust that whatever that will is will make us uh, the most happy, the most fulfilled in life. And um, yeah, I'm just really encouraged by that. I also am encouraged by just seeing more parishes, I think increasingly so throughout our listening area, have these roles. Director of Evangelization and Catechesis, Assistant Director is your title, just uh, yeah. for the Church to have a renewed sense of the importance of the proclamation of the gospel and the charisma, and how has how have you been able to intertwine, in a sense? And I know you've been there a year and a half, so you're still fairly new. But the the sense of uh, evan- the mission of evangelization into what you're doing there in the parish.
2: Yeah, that's a, a great great question. I, you know, when I was applying here, I was also really intrigued that they were kind of shifting from having a youth minister in the parish to one or two people who would be overseeing all of the ministries so that they might have kind of, you know, their hands looking over all of that. And so I think that has really enabled myself and my colleague, Bridget Grabenstein, to just uh, kind of make sure that uh, the vision of our pastor, of the parish, of the church at large, our bishop, is kind of seen throughout all of our ministries, all of our programs. And... Uh, we, you know, we try to incorporate similar aspects in uh, all of our programs from, we have programs from age three with cat starting with catechesis as the good shepherd all the way through uh, adult education and so it's it's really beautiful to be able to have a desire to for myself to know and, and grow closer to the Lord, and to be able to hand that on uh, with the help of uh, lots of great staff members here and uh, the support of our pastor to be able to hand that on to all different ages, but to kind of have a similar tone and a similar maybe even subject or theme happening throughout all of our ministries that might not uh, maybe didn't happen uh, in the parish before they had this kind of understanding of an overarching. A staff member to see all of all of those aspects.
1: Recently, uh, the Holy Father has, or the uh, Congregation for Catholic Education, or. Uh, gave it document. We talked about it on Real Presence Live this summer as a parish as a center of evangelization, you know, the, kind of mm-hmm. raising up the work that you do, the work that Thomas does, and making the parish that place of encounter with Christ. And also, it's a center, but we're going out, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. we remember at the mm-hmm. end of the Mass go and, and, and announce the gospel of the Lord. There's those dismissals, you know, go, go in peace, pro- glorifying the Lord by your life. That, that where the church is, is meant to be on mission, uh, you know, uh, Thomas is always consulting church documents, you know, on evangelization, sharing the faith, sharing the goodness of the gospel. You know, uh, Michelle, how do you stay tuned to what the church is uh, reemphasizing in the church documents on those things? Are you reading those things like Thomas's as well?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, we certainly kind of, sometimes as a staff, we try to, you know, read some of those documents together. Uh, sometimes just, uh, my colleague, as I said, Bridget and I will read those together. I'll read them on my own time and, uh, or a pastor, you know, at staff meetings, we try to kind of incorporate those things. And we've really, uh, one theme that we've really tried to take, uh, as, a a goal is to make our parish sort of a second home, you know, that all are welcome Mm -hmm. here, all Mm -hmm. belong here, all have a place here at the table, and so to kind of offer, yeah, all those ministries, but then to encourage them and to give them the resources that they need to take those back to school, take that back to the workplace, into their home, just give them the tools to really uh, live their faith uh, alive in in all aspects of their life, Uh, but always knowing that they have a place to come back to, a place that they can call home, uh, we we have a kind of a military base here uh, near our parish, so we've got lots of you know traveling families, families who are new coming and going, and so it's just important for us to kind of create that environment that they're home in all all areas of our our ministry here at Blessed Sacrament.
3: You know, and it's such a shift, Jillian, from the idea that uh, we just have to create these programs that sort of rubber stamp kids or adults through and just kind of pound them out, and they'll be they'll go off and everybody will be formed well. To to really emphasize evangelization means I have this quote up in my office that says evangelization is not about getting people to fall in line. It's about getting people to fall in love or inviting people yeah. to fall in love. And that's different for every single person. So that's this broad customizable approach to the Lord loves you. He wants your heart <laughs> in like How do we, how do we even go about that work is like a continually uh, transpiring and opening up. And so I'm just, uh, I have just as many questions, I'm sure, as you do about how we as a church continue to uh, evangelize and help people to fall in love with Jesus. So uh, we're going to take a short break here. Uh, Jillian Kubik, the Assistant Director of Evangelization and Catechesis at Blessed Sacrament and Rapid City, is on the line with us. She'll join us on the other side of the break. My name is Thomas Escrow. I'm Father Tim Smith. And we're broadcasting from Holy Cross in Ipswich, South Dakota, the heart of the Real Presence radio listening area. Stay
0: with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701 347 0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity?
0: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escro. We're
1: joined this morning with Jillian Kubik, Assistant Director of Evangelization and Catechesis at Blessed Sacrament Parish in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, Jillian is involved in the church's outreach to proclaim the gospel and to bring the faith to our families and young people in her parish. And of course... All throughout our listening area, uh, there's so many amazing efforts we feature regularly on Real Presence Live of, of people working in the church to pass on the faith, whether it's an RCIA or faith formation, uh, catechesis of the Good Shepherd, um, you know, using the different tools and means that we have at our disposal today to share our faith and our love of Jesus Christ and the church that he established. Jillian, one of the most important things, uh, I was just speaking with a parish member the other day, and I I mentioned to her on the phone... their home used to be a church. It was a Protestant church, the building. Many years ago, it was transformed into their home where they live in. You you wouldn't look at it and see it's a church building. That's amazing. And then she said, Father, do you think there's, and it wasn't a Catholic church, but she said, is there anything wrong with that? And I said, well, the family is a domestic church. Yeah. And uh, pointing to the the words of our own uh, Holy Father, Pope Francis, calling that to mind. And in your work in evangelization, you work with a lot of families. And so uh, tell us about what is the importance of having parents and their involvement in the faith formation of their children?
2: Oh, yes, it is it's paramount. It is uh, the most important uh, that kind of piece that we could try to incorporate into our programs. And, and we really, you know, that phrase uh, kind of the um domestic church, uh, we try to actually incorporate that into our sacramental programs. We try to give kind of an, encourage families and give them ideas about ways that they can make their home <laughs> the domestic church that they can, they can bring that all of their aspects of faith into their home. And so we try to use uh, some suggestions from actually catechesis of the good shepherd, uh, just some ideas from Living out uh, the life of the church, kind of liturgical living, uh, you might call it, and just give families ideas of, on you know how to do that. But I would say that we really try to hone in on having parental kind of having parental involvement in our sacramental programs. Those are mostly done at home with the families to encourage and and uplift families uh, to be sort of the leaders of their uh, of their family of the parish and to uh, raise their kids and give them all the tools that they need in the church, that they might have the ability to teach about the sacraments and to share their own witness about how sacramental graces worked in their lives and how to kind of transform their home, maybe even a a room or a small area, into a place of prayer and in a place of uh, kind of fellowship so that they might have a space in their home that they can always go to to talk about the faith uh, and that's just kind of a constant reminder of of who they are, and so I yeah I would say it's of utmost importance, and we really yeah that's something that we really try to do here at Blessed Sacrament, and just encourage them and give them the tools to uh, use their use our faith in in every aspect of their lives uh, apart from here at the parish.
3: Yeah, that's so important, like you said, Jillian, and um, and wonderful that you're doing that. I think one of the challenges that parishes face. Uh, you know, my own parish of Sacred Heart in Aberdeen, uh, of no exception, is that we're sort of inviting families or have families that are along the spectrum of evangelization
0: mm-hmm. uh,
3: coming to us for faith formation or, or uh, sacramental prep. What do I mean by the spectrum? When the church talks about evangelization, it talks about a process. And a process, you know, beginning with someone who's really not interested in Christ or the church or faith or anything like that, all the way across to a missionary discipleship relationship with the church who's going and spreading the gospel to other people. And there's like these, these steps, if you will, this fluidity of like, how do we, to evangelize means to help them along this process and invite them into a deeper relationship with Jesus. And the things like Sherry White book about forming intentional disciples or the church 's mm-hmm. documents, the general directory for catechesis, are you know expound on sort of these thresholds or this process, and coming to our parishes are families that you know go to mass on Christmas and Easter, our families that mm-hmm. never go to mass or you know weren 't catechized themselves all the way up to families that like yes, the domestic church is so important yes i 'm teaching my kids at home and pouring into them, and it 's like <laughs> One of the challenges I mm-hmm. find is how do I meet each of these families where they're at and encourage them to go one step further? How have you mm-hmm. sort of, have you experienced the same thing and um, there's no like one clear cut answer, but I think we can speak in, you know, best practices of what to do. Do you have any thoughts there, Jillian?
2: Yeah, I, I think that is, that is really true. I think to kind of piggyback on that challenge, I think sometimes, uh just in my experience and my experience with different colleagues in ministry that uh when we see that there is, yeah, there's just such a, yeah, like you said, such a, a large spectrum of where people are at in their faith because it's a journey. Sometimes we put that responsibility on ourselves. That is my responsibility to, um, you know, reach all of them. And so we really try, as you kind of said before the break, that it's not about kind of, you know, a what, what are we learning here? It's about falling in love with a person.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so what we have tried to um, do here at Blessed Sacrament is rather than focusing on the what, we try to focus on the who and really just make sure that everyone in our parish has ample opportunity to be in front of the Lord. So we try to incorporate one one idea that we have uh, done that we think has been helpful uh I think that there's so many other ideas, but we try to have once a month a community faith night. So this sort of replaces one of our traditional kind of regular faith formation nights where everyone is here here in the building uh, receiving some catechesis. And we just come for fellowship uh, and praise and worship of the Lord. So it's often a mass or uh, maybe 30 to 60 minutes of adoration and then a meal. And we want it, we've found this to be just really approachable for anyone on that spectrum. For those who, uh, are kind of not really sure how they want to be involved in the parish, it's really, really low commitment. There's nothing that they're signing up for, nothing that they have to volunteer for, but just so that they know they're welcome here at the parish. And we want to enjoy a night with them. Uh, and most importantly, we want them to enjoy a night with the Lord. And so that has been one way here at Blessed Sacrament that we've tried to just uh, kind of meet everyone where they're at and also kind of really focused on the fact that it's a who that we're about here, uh, not kind of the what of all of catechesis, which it, it really doesn't. When it's the what, we really do focus on ourselves and put that burden on ourselves rather than realizing that if we just bring people, you know, and offer opportunities for them to be in front of the Lord, the Lord will do the work. He'll do the rest.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. And it's such a testament to that evangelization is partnering with the Holy Spirit, who is the primary mm-hmm. evangelizer, and, and he's doing yeah. the work of calling people into relationship with the Trinity, And yet he's also mm-hmm. calling us to participate in that work, to be the, uh, the writing utensil, as Mother Teresa would put it, "I'm just a pen in the, a quill in the hands of God," uh, mm-hmm. to participate in the work and calling people into deeper relationship as well. How long have you guys had catechesis of the Good Shepherd for?
2: Uh, this is the fourth year that they've uh, we've had atriums here. Uh, this is the first year that we've had two active atriums. Right now, we have two um, atrium of the first level are going right now. And we've got some just amazing catechists who are so devoted uh, to kind of offering catechesis in this way, and we have just seen. This program be so so fruitful in our parish, and we hope to expand all the way up to a level three up to you know about age uh thirteen or so twelve or so and uh and then um yeah, just see it just continue to see the fruit of it i, I really love that program I, I was listening to you this morning, and I think you had said that you have some uh, atriums in your parish too, which is just awesome here that it's kind of widespread in uh in this area.
3: Yeah, it's really growing throughout the listening area, I think. And so if you're not familiar with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, it's a catechetical model that partners with a Montessori approach to education. And so by Montessori, it's, it's very hands on. Um, it's, there's a lot of freedom for the child, the freedom of movement. And the whole goal is to meet the, uh, the natural needs of the child at the developmental stage where they're at. So three to six year olds are in what's called the first plane of development. So if we can meet their needs at that age, they're more uh, free to enter into the themes that we're presenting them. And then there's these themes interwoven throughout the catechesis, the theme of light, um, the theme of smallness, you know, with uh, things mm. like the mustard seed or that. God yeah. says, unless you become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Anyway, themes that have struck and strike deeply into the heart of a child, all with the goal of re- uh, introducing the child into relationship with Jesus. You know, Jillian, mm-hmm.
1: one thing that happened in the last year with, with the pandemic and everyone having mm-hmm. the national quarantine, we broadcast the show during the time. Um, of course, online mass, people watching mass remotely, I say to all our listeners in the listening area, as a priest of God, I did not like that. But that being said, I would, the one thing that was a comfort or a spiritual consolation is occasionally families would text message me a picture of them and their Mm. kids, Mm. you know, watching Mm. mass. And it would be very Mm -hmm. heartwarming because I would see the domestic church in action and that's what got me through those dark days. Uh, Jillian, any takeaways on the pandemic in the last few months as you see ourselves mm-hmm. moving forward in faith formation, even in the midst of these uncertain times?
2: Yeah, Wow. Well, I think uh, I'm still, you know, on one hand, still kind of part of that, that, uh, that journey We you hear numbers kind of, you know, in Rapid City are, um, you know, quite high, and so some of the schools in the area are now at level three, so they're at home. Uh, we really have just seen families, uh, they're just kind of tired. <laughs> you know, they've, they're really trying to work through a lot of different aspects of scheduling and, and learning and, and trying to still be a part of something, for, to have something for their children to look forward to and to, to continue to grow academically and spiritually. And so I think that the, uh, in this time that... Uh, There's just been a lot of creativity in ways in ministry and in evangelization and catechesis to try to get uh, access to families and to get uh, families access to the Lord. And so I think that has really just been a beautiful aspect of of the pandemic is just a lot of creativity and a lot of hope and uh, trying to find, yeah, find different ways that has Allowed a lot of people in the church to use their gifts in different ways and to offer them to the Lord, and I'm really excited to see, yeah, how how that will continue to grow and what new ideas will be uh, kind of involved in, in evangelization and catechesis and where that will where that will go in the church.
1: Jillian, thanks for being on with us on Real Presence Live. Coming up next, are you ready for a retreat from the world? Our guest will be Father Scott Trainer. We'll talk about Broomtree Retreat Center and what they can do for you to encounter
0: Christ. Stay tuned right here on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.